Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. In the week I was praying about what to share today because we've been busy with the, uh, with the letter to the, to the Ephesians. And the Ephesians is a very encouraging letter, amen? It's very important. And I really encourage you to please, in your own time, when you spend time with Jesus, go and read through Ephesians again, amen? And read it in an easy-to-read translation. If you have the, the app on your phone, there is literally a translation that is called the ERV, easy-to-read version, okay? So it's simple to understand, amen? The, the, the letter itself is simple to understand, but it makes it so much, so much easier. Um, but if I had to summarize uh, the, the letter to the Ephesians, it would be that the letter to the Ephesians shows us who we are and what we have because we are one with Jesus. Yeah. Okay? That is the first half of Ephesians. And then it shows us how to live because of who we are. Okay? Paul prays for the church to understand these wonderful realities because with understanding comes fruitfulness. Okay, that is the outline. That is why I say read it in an easy-to-read translation because you need to understand it. With understanding comes fruitfulness. That is more or less the outline of Ephesians. Okay, but I think the most important thing that the Apostle Paul wanted to carry across for us was that salvation is a gift for every single person. Amen. Salvation is for everyone. No one is excluded. This means that there is a great need in the world. Amen? Amen. If everyone needs salvation, then there is a great need. Amen. There, uh, it is something that every person need, needs. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, it doesn't matter if you've got everything you want in life. There is one thing that everyone needs, and that is eternal life. So it doesn't matter who you come across in your daily life out there. You can know, you can have a guarantee that they need Jesus. Amen? They need eternal life. That is something everyone needs. Everyone needs it. So we don't have to think twice before we share the gospel. Amen? We don't have to think. We, yeah, we don't have to think twice. Yes, of course. Maybe some people will reject you. Then move on. Yeah. No? But everyone needs Jesus. Everything Paul says in Ephesians is important and encouraging. But the core of it is the gospel. The core of Ephesians is the gospel. Our mission is to help each other understand the gospel, so that the gospel will have its full effect in our lives. To remove all unnecessary weights and distractions and to direct our focus on what is the main thing, eh? what is most important. Let's look at Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off 
every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let's run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Wow. We as brothers and sisters are there to help each other in this race. That is why we gather here on Sunday. That is why we have life groups. That is why we are a part of each other's lives. Amen. I can't strip off your weights for you. And I can't make you focus on Jesus. But we are here to remind each other every day. To focus on Him. In love we can help each other grow into maturity. Help each other to grow up as believers. So that we may live in the purpose and the will of God for our lives. Jesus did everything. Everything. He died on a cross and He rose again. To set us up for success in this race. Amen. God's desire for us is to live a life of purpose. A life that is unbound with, how shall I, untethered. It means you've got nothing holding you back. Amen. Paul prays many times in his letters for the churches. And there is two beautiful prayers that he prays right there in Ephesians. But when we get to the end of the letter of the Ephesians in chapter 6, we, act, uh, we see that Paul actually asks the church for something to pray for him. Okay? And we'll look at that later. But that got me thinking. What else did the Apostle Paul ask prayer for? Okay? So this morning's message title is Paul's Prayer Requests. Alright, Paul's prayer requests. Like I said, he, he prayed for the churches many times. But here and there we see where he asks the church to pray for him. Okay, what do you think was Paul's prayer requests? Maybe one or two people would like to guess. What would the Apostle Paul ask for prayer for? Knowledge, yes. Okay, so he prays for the church to have knowledge. That's true, that's true. But I'm asking, what is he asking prayer for, for him? Okay. It might be a bit difficult to guess without knowing a few things about Paul's life first. Okay, so let's go to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 28. 2 Corinthians 11 Verse 23 to 28. Alright. It says here from the New Living Translation. Chiladah. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 28. Excuse me. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman. But I have served him far more. This is Paul saying how he served Jesus. Amen. I have worked harder, been in prison more often. Yeah, the Apostle Paul was in prison. Yes. Eh? <laughs> yeah. He's been whipped 
times without number and face death again and again. Verse 24, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was ship shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Imagine that, drifting in sea, in the ocean. There are sharks in the ocean. No? <laughs> Drift, adrift at sea and the sun beating on your head. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. Everywhere, no? everywhere, everywhere you go, you went. He faced danger. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. Who likes a sleepless night? <laughs> and I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Verse 28. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. If we read this list, and we put ourselves in his shoes, I think we would have quite a long list of prayer requests. I, there's a lot of prayer requests there that I can think of. So what do you think Paul prayed for? That's a rhetorical question, but think about it. Paul is sitting in prison when he wrote the letter to the Ephesians. He was innocent, yet he had chains around his arms and his, his wrists and his ankles. If we were in this position and we could ask for prayer, if we lived a life like Paul, what would we pray for? What would we pray for? Think about it for a moment. Healing... Healing for our broken and bleeding bodies because of the Romans beat us and someone tried, the Jews tried to kill us with stones? Would we ask for prayer to be released from prison? Would we want prayer for strength and energy or something to eat or drink because we are starving? Would we ask for prayer that someone would give us a blanket so we won't be so cold? There's a lot of things, eh? If we were in, in Paul's shoes, for persecution to stop. I want you to keep in mind what, what, you, what we just read about Paul's life. <coughs> keep it in mind, eh? and then listen what he prays for. Okay. Keep in mind what we just read, and listen to what he prays for. Because it shows a lot. It shows a lot about Paul's heart and focus. Ephesians 6 verse 19. Ephesians 6, verse 19. Ephesians 6, verse 19 says, And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, 
still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So, pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for Him, as I should. Huh? That blows my mind. That's like, wow. What can we say about that? Huh? In the, the circumstances that He is in, He prays to preach the gospel. Paul asks for prayer for the right words to explain and preach the gospel. That is truly amazing to me. And we need to let that sink in a bit. No? Think about that. We are so easily distracted and preoccupied by the weights that we carry. We read about, about it in Mark 4 verse 19. You don't have to go there now, but I'll just read it for you. It talks about the seed and the sower. But all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. The lure of wealth, the need to get money, you know, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. These are the things that weigh us down and sin, you know, and prevent us from running the race like Paul did. Do you see what Paul focuses on while he sits in a rat-infested dungeon, a prison with chains around his arms and legs? Do you see? His heart is firmly set on preaching the gospel. His heart is firmly set on preaching the gospel. He asks for boldness and the strength to keep preaching the gospel despite persecution. It was by preaching the gospel that he was put in prison in the first place. The fact that Paul asked for boldness shows that he was afraid. He was afraid. Maybe not afraid to die, but I don't think he enjoyed all these things that happened to him, all these bad things, all this physical harm and pain, the cold, the hunger. Therefore he asks the believers to pray for him for boldness. The word boldness means confidence, fearlessness, freedom of speech. Paul asks that uh, that he would preach the gospel fearlessly and without holding back, knowing that preaching in such a way will definitely draw more persecution and hardship. Think about that prayer request. Huh? <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. In verse 20, Paul says, I am in chains now, at this moment, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. Paul was firmly rooted in the knowledge that he was an ambassador for Christ. That means a representative. It was his identity. It was who he was. His only prayer request to the Ephesians was that he could continue preaching the gospel effectively with the right words in every situation. That's amazing. Let's look at a few more of Paul's prayer requests. The, letter, uh, the letters to the Ephesians, the Philippians, Colossians, uh, and Philemon, or Philemon, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Philemon or Philemon, uh, were all written around the same time. It was 61 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And all these letters were during his imprisonment in Rome. Okay, So we find very similar prayer requests from Paul in all four of these letters. Let's look at his prayer requests in the Philippians, to the Philippians. Philippians 1 verse 19 to 22. 
Philippians 1, verse 19 to 22. It says... For I know that, uh, uh, sorry. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expected and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. Wow. For to me, living means living for Christ, yes. and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. Wow. So here we see that they prayed for Paul's deliverance, okay? Or his release from prison. But in verse 19, we see that he did not uh, just ask them for prayer. And sit back, okay? He just he didn't just sit back and relax, okay? He himself was trusting in Jesus and relying on the Holy Spirit for strength and wisdom. Prayer is not a passive thing. That's what I learned from this from this verse. Prayer is not a passive thing. We can't just ask people to pray for us, but we ourselves aren't standing in faith. Being thankful, trusting Jesus. Digging into the Word and renewing our minds. That is our part. Prayer is not passive. Amen. If your mind is not renewed, you're going to pray prayers that it's not going to have any power in it. Amen. And it's not that prayer has the power. If God has the power. Amen. But we need to pray according to the Word of God. Paul is facing possible execution in prison. And his prayer request is to be released from prison. But for what purpose? For what purpose? That is the key. Paul's desire for living is to be able to continue working for Christ. It is not just so that he can live and be free and enjoy life. It's about working for Christ, being fruitful, living life with Jesus. If there were other prisoners he could talk to, they probably got saved by the first day Paul was thrown into prison. So Paul needed to move on now. <laughs> Amen. There was no one in prison that he could minister to. No one in prison that he could preach the gospel to. So that is why he wanted to get out. You understand? The work that he talks about is foremost the preaching of the gospel. If I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. I would say that something uh, is only fruitful if it has eternal value. And that kind of fruitfulness is what Paul was aiming at. What has eternal value? What has eternal value? Huh? Souls, the people. People have eternal value. Amen? And that is fruitfulness. It's when we can bring souls into the kingdom of God. Amen? He once again asks for boldness to preach the gospel so that his life will bring honor to Christ. In verse 21 he says, For to me, living means living for Christ. For to me, living to live means living for Christ. Amen. This is the reason behind Paul's prayer requests. He was living for Jesus, not for himself. That's very important. Amen. 
if you live for yourself, you're not going to have a very nice life. I mean, you might think you need to live for yourself to enjoy life, but that's not the truth. If I'm alive, I live to serve Jesus. That was what Paul was saying. If I die, I go to be with Him. Amen. Let's look at Paul's prayer request in Colossians. Colossians 4 verse 2 to 4. Colossians 4 verse 2 to 4. Colossians 4 verse 2 to 4. Verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Amen. Pray for us too. So this is Paul asking for prayer. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Verse 4. Pray that I will proclaim. Uh, sorry, no, it's. Yeah, it is verse 4. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. What a prayer request, huh? Paul tells the church to devote themselves to prayer, to keep watch in prayer with thankfulness. Uh, the, the, the other translations say to keep watch. Um, it says here with an alert mind. Okay, well, the picture that comes to me is when soldiers at an army base keeps watch, you know, uh, they take shifts. So if one is finished with his shift to keep watch, then another one comes. Amen. The idea is that we never stop praying. It was very important to Paul to have the support of prayer in his ministry, in the church. He needed the church's support. And prayer was what he asked for. Here Paul asks the church to pray for him to have many opportunities to preach the gospel as clearly as possible. We can pray the same. No? Yeah. The idea with our hit lists. You all still have hit lists? Yes. No? The idea with our hit lists is not just to pray that God would send other people, but that He would send us. Amen? We can trust for opportunities to preach the gospel. And then we need to take those opportunities when they, when they come. No? But we can pray for that. Paul's desire is to preach the gospel as clearly as possible. When we share the gospel, we need to present it clearly and simply. But we also need to be open to listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay? So there is another prayer request from Paul. Pray for us. That God will give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. Once again, Paul's focus was the gospel. Amen? And remember what his life was like. Keep it in mind. But his focus was eternal things. Okay? Let's look at Romans 15 verse 30. Romans 15 verse 30. Romans 30 verse, uh, sorry, 15 verse 30. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me. 
given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. Amen. Paul sets an example. Being a leader, being a leader, he asks for prayer. That was quite profound to me. Asking for prayer requires humility. Het vat nederigheid om vir gebed te vraag. Vir al van leiders. I think many times leaders feel that they can't ask for prayer because they are the ones that are supposed to pray for others. No? They are supposed to be the strong ones. Okay? They are the ones that minister. It takes humility to ask for prayer. They are afraid that if they ask for prayer, someone might think that they are weak leaders or they don't have everything together. That's just selfish insecurity. Everyone needs prayer. We should pray for our leaders and pray for each other. Why? Why do we need to pray? Verse 30. The end of verse 30 says, Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Our motive for prayer and for praying for each other should be love. love. Amen. Amen. Love for each other and love for God. No? Yeah. If we love and care for each other, we will pray for each other. Prayer is an expression of love. But the source of this love is the Holy Spirit. We need to receive God's love before we can operate in love towards others. When we are full of His love, we will overflow and prayer will not be a chore. Amen. It won't be... Uh, that's not how it's going to be. If you love, it's going to flow out of you. Amen. And prayer will not be a chore. Okay, so something else that really stood out to me is what he says in verse 30. Verse 30. He says, Join in my struggle by praying for me. Join in my struggle by praying for me. We can partner and be a part of someone's ministry. By praying for them. Paul knew that when we pray for someone in ministry, we join them in that ministry. Think about that. That's, that's very cool. We join them in that ministry. We have a part in that ministry. That is why we ask every Sunday when we do the announcements to pray for those in the boot camp. We pray for those who go on the, on the mission trip. No? God could give us special words of wisdom and encouragement and direction to share with those people. Amen. Our prayers carry and strengthen them. Amen. We, through prayer, can strengthen and encourage those to keep on going. Amen. For me personally, it shows that it is also very important to invite people into your ministry. To tell people about what you are busy with. That's what, that's what partnership is. Amen. To invite people to share in your ministry. Here in verse 31, Paul makes the church, or oh, sorry, Paul asks the church to pray for his release or rescue from those who refuse to obey God. If we look at the context, that is talking about the Jews. Okay? 
the Jews that were trying to imprison or kill him. In verse 32, we see Paul's desire is to be with the church. That shows us that Paul valued fellowshipping with other believers. Verse 32 says, Then by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. Paul valued church. Amen? He valued his brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay. In Acts 12, we read about Peter being imprisoned. Acts 12, verse 4. Are you still with me? Yes. Acts 12, verse 4. Then he imprisoned, then he imprisoned him. Anyway, probably a typing mistake. Placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. So this is talking about the Apostle Peter. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Okay, so the church was praying. The night before Peter was uh, to be placed on trial, he was asleep. Uh, fastened with two chains, be- chains, <laughs> two chains between two soldiers, others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, "Quick, get up!" And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, "Get dressed and put on your sandals," and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered him. Okay, so the church prayed, and as a result, Peter was released from prison. That, what would have happened if the church didn't pray? No? What would have happened? He will be still in prison, probably died in prison or something. Executed, maybe, I don't know. So we see that prayer is very important, okay? These were life and death situations, and because the church prayed, it worked out for the good of those God called. Called to His purposes. Amen? Those who love God and was called to His purposes. That's Romans 8 verse 28. Because the church prayed, there was an effect. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8 to 11. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8 to 11. Second Corinthians 1 verse 8 to 11 says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And He did rescue us from mortal danger. And He will rescue us again. And have placed, uh, and we have placed our confidence in Him. And He will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us 
by praying for us. There we have it. No? You are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Okay? So once again, we see Paul thanking the church for their support and help in prayer. Okay? Because of their prayers, God rescued and carried Paul during his missionary journeys. Prayer here is connected to a reliance and a dependence on God. That is what prayer is, no? relying and depending on God. Paul says that they were crushed and overwhelmed. They were staring death in the face. They were expecting to die. But this taught them to rely on God. That is what prayer is, trusting and relying only on God. You stop trusting in your own wisdom and understanding and abilities, and you put all of that in God. You follow His leading and direction. But the way to access that is communication with God in prayer. Amen. The fruit of that is seen in verse 10. He says in verse 10, And He did rescue us from mortal danger, and He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in Him, and He will continue to rescue us. Amen. Let's look at one last prayer request from Paul. One last prayer request from Paul. I'm almost finished. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 1 to 2. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 1 to 2. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 1 to 2. Are you there? That's in the New Testament. In case you were wondering. <laughs> okay, so it says in Second Thessalonians 3 verse 1 to 2. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly. That means fast. Eh? Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Pray too that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, not, for not everyone is a believer. Once again, Paul asks for prayer that the gospel will be spread fast and far, no? and that people will accept it everywhere it is preached. Paul sets an amazing, amazing example for us. His focus was on things of eternal value. I'm not saying that it is wrong to ask for prayer for healing. It is not wrong to ask for prayer for a job. It is not wrong to ask for prayer for you name it. No? God cares about us. God is a God of life and healing. No? And He is a good Father and He wants, us, he wants to give us those things. I'm just showing you where our focus should be. Amen. Okay. Why was Paul so eager for the gospel to be preached? Why did he uh, dedicate his entire life to God? What is it that motivated and fueled the Apostle Paul? Philippians 3 verse 8. Philippians 3 verse 8.
it says, yes, I'm reading from the Amplified uh, Bible, um, translation, Amplified. It says, yes, therefore, this is the reason, eh? this is why Paul was so focused on the gospel. That is why it was so important for him. Okay, that's what fueled him, what motivated him. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession, to possess, eh? of the priceless privilege. Listen to those words, okay, we need to focus. Possession of the priceless privilege. And then the, the Amplified Bible has brackets where it explains things, okay. It, it explains the meaning of priceless privilege. The overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, and supreme advantage. Listen to that. Overwhelming preciousness. Overwhelming preciousness. The surpassing worth and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, with God, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly. I know I'm using very, very big words here. Sorry for that. But it was, to me, it was just so explanatory, so beautiful. For His sake I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish in order that I may win Christ. Can someone maybe read it for us from the New Living Translation? Philippians 3 verse 8. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Nothing else mattered to Paul more than knowing Jesus. Amen? Having a relationship with Jesus. Because the gospel is the message that reconciles the world to God. To know and be one with God. That is something that no one can buy with money. No? It is priceless. To live a life with purpose and relationship with God. Can anything compare to that? It is sad that we don't realize this every day. We hold on to, to unnecessary things. We focus on unnecessary things. This, is, this needs to be our focus. To know Jesus. How, how, how much value do you... How much do you value that? How much do you value that? The picture that I get is like a child that just got a present. They can't help. They're so excited they have to go out and show everybody. Yeah. Huh? That, is, that is how Paul was. He was so excited about his relationship with God. That is what fueled him. That is why his focus was gospel, gospel, gospel. Preaching the gospel. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.
Totsi.